I believe you have an, an, a, 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 something something to talk to us about. Fruit. Fruit. Fruit, fruit discoveries. I have more fruit discoveries. Fruit. What have you discovered about fruit? I discovered this week on Elodie's Fruit Discoveries that there's an apple called Discovery. Oh my god. There's a kind of apple that's called Discovery Apple. I, I think that's very fitting. It's possibly a hybrid of the Worcester pear mane and the beauty of bath but they're not quite sure so can i just say i didn't know what i was expecting when i came here today i my expectations have already been blown out the water this is this is my new favorite show to guest on this is elodie's fruit this is elodie's fruit discoveries um every week we will discover more things about fruit thanks to elodie yeah um so uh discovery was first introduced to the market by the suffolk suffolk not stuffolk nurseryman jack matthews and around yeah. 1949 george dummer a no, fruit farm gonna put a um a, laura won't be able to see this but there's like a a, a, mo- a moody candle whilst you whilst you talk about, you talk about <laughs> the discovery apple i i'm not gonna bother with the history because it's boring okay. i want to learn about the characteristics yeah uh the fruits are typically similar in appearance to its parent the Worcester pear mane being small medium in size with small patches of yellow and largely flush with crimson, sometimes completely covering the fruit, oh, damn. but tend to be oh. slightly flatter. The flesh and juice, thus in brackets, okay. of some fruit may be pinkish. The tree is a mid-season flowering variety, as with the supposed pollinator beauty of Bath. The fruits mature quickly by August. Unlike many apples, the fruits remain on the tree long enough to ensure ripening. That's really interesting. Under good conditions, the apples, when fresh, have a sweet, lightly acidic taste with a slight strawberry flavour. They generally have good keeping qualities. That's the first fruit discovery for today. (laughs) Is there another fruit discovery? Yeah, I have one more fruit discovery. Oh, holy shit. Oh my god, I'm... I'm discovering so much about fruit. This one is a homebrew fruit discovery. Oh. Oh. Now, George. Yes. Hello. You'll remember last week we had fruit discoveries, reduced pineapple slices. Yeah, they were quite interesting. I forgot to eat them. Okay. And they sat in a bag for a week. Oh. So I've discovered that when you leave pineapple in a bag that's already out of date for a week, it bubbles up oh. and turns into foam stuff. And so it was just a uh, bag full of foam. Oh, 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 oh. And that's my fruit discovery, that's, too. That's a. Uh... Yeah, I'm well. Now, dear listeners, know not to uh, not to leave um, day day old pineapple slices in the bag for a week. There we go. That was some good advice. Excellent fruit discoveries. Yeah, those are my. I don't have any more today. Well, I think two fruit discoveries is more than you usually, at least more than I usually get in a week. So don't be upset that there's only two. Be excited that there's a whole two. Yes. Yeah, so um, welcome to the Real Heroes podcast Um, with me, George Johnson. And me, Elodie Cunningham, That's me. Um, where we, we shine light on the forgotten heroes of gaming. Today, we are joined by the lovely Laura Kate Dale to take the stars, take to the stars with Bioware's Mass Effect franchise. Laura, would you like... I'm here. Let's go to space and kiss some space aliens or something. Yay. Fucking yes. Let's do that. <laughs> so, um, the first uh, character we would like to discuss 
um, is the character of the Mass Effect franchise itself, Mass Effect as a whole. Um, so, what do people feel about Mass Effect? <laughs> do you like Mass Effect, Laura? The, the, uh, the character Mass Effect, yes. Yeah. I'm mm. a big fan of that minor character in the Mass Effect universe it's, known yeah. as Mass Effect. Yeah. There's a certain cogency uh, to the way in which the character is portrayed on the screen. <laughs> that was a mistake so that George made. A mistake. That, that, I I don't think it was a mistake. I think we're gonna roll with it. Okay. Um, yes. So <laughs> I I like I like Mass Effect. Um, I am one of those people that actually liked the ending even before the extended cut and was like, you know what? The things that people are bothered by in terms of uh, uh, plot holes they saw in the ending didn't bother me. It was about the journey, not the destination, so much. I was a little peeved that there was like you know, an option where it was technically the one that would get you a shepherd still alive. So I was like, yeah, I don't like the fact that you're like trying to make it that's the right ending. But I like the games. I like the ending. One of my favourite series. I, I quite I quite like him. Cool. I, I saw be... you dressed up as the Mass Effect before. Yeah. Yeah, I dressed up as the Mass Effect. Uh, I don't uh, know. I if I say that, it's gonna sound like I dressed as like a Mass Effect relay or something, which I kind of wish I had. I did not cosplay as a Mass Effect relay, unfortunately. I did. I cosplayed as Shepard. Uh, I had some nice N seven armor, and all the pictures I seem to have of that cosplay are people touching my space breasts. It was an interesting day. What the fuck's a Shepard? I don't know what that is. Uh, oh, it's the Mass Effect. The, oh, uh, it's, right, it's... Lady, Lady Mass Effect. Oh, oh I see. It's, it's... it's Lady Mass Effect. It, oh, yeah, yeah. I know who that is. Just didn't know they yeah, were... Yeah, yeah. Didn't know they had Mi- anything Mr. to do and, with Mr. And Mi- Yeah, Mr. And, Mr. and Mrs. Mass Effect. Yeah. I cosplayed as, as, as Mrs. Mass Effect. Oh, cool. Yeah, a f- little-known fact that Mass Effect as a series is actually a sci-fi interpretation of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, in which Mr. and Mrs. Smith are portrayed by Mr. and Mrs. Mass Effect. It's funny how they had that name. Like, the people they got to play him already had that name. Yeah, and it's quite interesting. Um, So, Elodie, what are your thoughts on the Mass Effect? Um, Which one? Mr. Mass Effect or Mrs. Mass Effect? Um, (laughs) Yes. I like it. I like the orange man who sings. Um, I like the big man who's all like, oh, I'm the big man, and he's grey. And I like the big man who's all like, oh, I'm the big man, and he's red. Okay. Um... I was born in a test tube and I'm big. Yes, that's he's, the he's, one. He's pretty, he's pretty cool big, big man, man isn't he? I know the big man. I know that obscure character, Red Bigman. Yes. Yeah, I love... That's that's the, the, the official name that uh, was, was given to him in the... Um, in... Yeah. The discussions with the right that the writers had. Um, Red Bigman Red and Grey Bigman. Bigman. Yeah, both of the yeah. the the long Bigman dynasty. Yeah, yeah. So I'm one of those people, um, a kind of like Laura. I I kind of enjoyed the the ending to Mass Effect Three. Like I'm I'm entertained by by the prospects of like the the alternate theories that people came up with, just because it was like interesting and curious to me. But I was happy with the ending. Like it made me cry a little bit. That was pretty. Mm. That was pretty emotionally um, invigorating. It's a good game. It's a good game franchise. It's yeah. kind of shit it's though. Not, I, it's not oh. the worst one. Mm. Uh, they didn't. Oh, go on. They didn't let me date any of the bigmans. I know. That's why I'm excited for there being a new game because I want to date. You know who? Here's the list of who I want to date in like the next Mass Effect. 
I want to date the Bigmans. I want to date the like depressed Eeyore aliens. Uh, I like them. I wanna, I wanna date the the pink jelly blobs. Mm. I wanna, I wanna date all of the all of the species that they wouldn't let me date last time. I agree. I want. Yeah, yeah. give me Bigmans. Give me them Bigmans. Free space love, you know. Free space love. Give me them Bigmans. Give me them Bigmans. So. Um, That's our first T-shirt design. That yeah, give me give me <laughs> them big ones. Um, so um, I think the uh, I think the next character we should discuss is um, Laura. I don't know if you remember um, in your. I, I honestly, I my bad. Don't actually know which game of the franchise he appears in, but the um, <gasps> that Salarian man what sells you video games. Oh, that one what sells you video games? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I believe he might have been Mass Effect Two. Yeah, I th- I thought I thought it might have been Mass Effect Two. That's the sequel to think... Mass Effect. Everyone listening to the podcast who doesn't know. Yeah, just uh, in case. Just yeah, up. yeah. It's it's it is the second of the Mass Effects. Yes. So that's that's useful information. Um, yeah, I think I think he's in the uh, he's in the whatever the big place is, the place that was the Citadel. I don't. I think it was the Citadel, whatever they call the place this time, where there was all the shops and you could be the favorite shop on the Citadel. Yeah, there's a man who sells you video games, and he's he sells some interesting video games. Yeah, I think there was one that was um, a space simulation in which um, all of the traveling was real time, so it takes you five hours to get anywhere. Yeah, uh, I I would I would play that. Yeah, um, I mean it was called um, what was it called? No Man's Sky. That's it. Yeah, yeah, it's called No Man's Sky. Yeah, um, he's kind of rude, that guy, the Solarian guy. How so? He's like he's real pretentious about video games when you walk past and he's chatting to people. I mean, it, yeah. So so he's like anyone who tries to sell you video games in a video game shop. And that's why I think he's such an important character because he really captures yeah. the essence of. Uh, he really brings the world to life. He bring he does. Mm. He adds a, a certain um, vibrancy to the universe well, in which um, I, you played the Mass I, Effect. I feel like there's some some uh, some headcanon backstory that I have that I would like to share with By you about the the game salesman. So, That's I believe that for. before the Salarian before the Salarian game salesman was a game salesman, I believe he was a video game critic who got jaded. <gasps> And here's why I've got my theory. I'm going to read out some dialogue and tell me this doesn't sound like a jaded games critic who's really fed up of their job. I wish they still made role-playing games like they used to. These days it's all big choices and visceral combat. I miss those old games where you had to remember to drink water and it took five hours real time to fly somewhere. Like, this sounds like a jaded games journalist to me. I'm like, I, I think you, you were a games journalist... And you just went, you know what, fuck it, I hate video games, i got to get a retail job, oh shit, all the retail jobs are selling video games. Guess I'm trapped in this hellscape of a life. And that is that is my headcanon about the Solarian video game he, salesman. He yeah. wants to be a lawyer, but he doesn't have the experience. He only knows video games. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, you go to do your job and it's like, no, nah, you don't have lawyer experience. What do you have experience in? Video games? Uh, go work at... At Solarian GameStop. Solarius yeah. stop. That didn't work at all. Yeah, it didn't. It's that fine. was a bad <laughs> joke. We can work on it. Um, yeah, it, it feels a lot to me like a um, you know an interpretation of you know those games journalists that um, 
you know, they, they, they do their career in, in talking about the video games and the ethics within them. And then um, uh, then they go work for, like, like PlayStation PR team or something, you know? Yeah, it's, it's that, that idea that, like, the only marketable skill you have anymore is talking about why video games are good in the hopes that people will buy them. Yeah. And that translates well to gaming PR. It also translates well to selling video games in space. Exactly. I, that's, that's very, it's very, it's very true. Yeah. Video games, more like video lames. Oh. More, more, more like. Oh, you're in a video game salesman and you don't know it. Oh. oh. Exactly like that. Oh. Yeah. Exactly like oh. that. Oh. I've never played um, a video I, game. What the fuck? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I just, I just watch let's plays and whatnot. That's, that's how I do my job as a video game critic, isn't it? Yeah. I just pretend um, the whole time. Yeah. Like. Um, so I, I I like the fact as well this guy gives you a very authentic experience of what it's like to try and buy video games from a physical retail shop <laughs> because uh, you go to buy a video game and the first thing you're told is, hey, do you have an account with us? If you open one, we have this special deal this month. It's like, no, I want to buy the video game and give you the money and walk away, please. I just want to buy the video game. That's all I want to do. George yeah. did a gesture. I know. Then. I did a gesture with my the, hands. Neither Laura nor the audience at home can see. But it added because we're, we're in an audio atmosphere. medium. It's fine. It's fine. Um, uh, yeah. I okay. One one more bit of wonderful commentary that this Salarian makes that that points out you might be a racist. Oh, oh no! Did you know the Salarian salesman's a racist? Did you know this? No. Oh my god! In, indulge oh. us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm quoting from Salarian game salesman. The worst thing about Extranet games is when some Batarian comes on and insists on speaking in his language without auto-translate. And you know what? He, he doesn't like Batarians speaking in Batarian. That's racist. And you know what? I feel I feel that it goes to really flesh out the um, that the hate that the Batarians get in that game in that game franchise. Exactly. In Exactly, the conflict between those those species is is very well interpreted by the fact that them want the Batarian to speak Batarian. You no don't own the, the internet, Salarian game salesman. No, Batarians can be on the internet too if they want. No hmm. wonder the Batarians are so pissed all the time when there's people like that selling them video games. Exactly. Exactly, they can't even buy a video game without bumping into a racist. They just want to play Space Overwatch. They can't. Yeah, and, and all, all they, they do—they just want to play yeah. space Tetris. Yeah, and all they do is just get um, get looked at as if they're all just the same. Speaking of people that all look the same, um, we must I, highlight the importance of the identical balding potato men from Mass Effect One. I I I am I am I am impressed here. This is a character that, off the top of my head, I'm not jumping to who you're talking about. Can you tell me a little? About the identical balding potato man. Well, Elodie, would you like to elaborate? There's just half of the characters in Mass Effect 1, half of the male characters, are very wrinkled, slightly tanned white men who are slightly balding and have very shiny lips. And they all look very similar and there's a whole lot mm. of them. There's so, so many of them. I have a question for you then. Okay. Are they perhaps clones? <gasps> I think they are. I think they're a secret clone army. Do you know what? Do you know what I think? 
the the identical balding potato men from Mass Effect One are foreshadowing of the um, the debate to be had about whether or not Commander Shepard from Mass Effect Two onwards is in fact a clone of himself. Who's who's Commander Shepard? Oh, sorry, Mister Mass Effect. Don't be sexist, Mister or Mrs. Mass. Mister or Mrs. Mass Effect. Apologies. Yeah, fuck you, Mister, Mister, Mister Mass Effect, Mrs. Mass Effect, or just Mass Effect. Yeah, you could, you could just be Mass Effect. Or yeah, don't if we don't would put like labels. to adopt um, the um, the gender neutral um, uh, title, a mixer, mixer Mass Effect. I I I don't remember being able to have that option, but I am happy for that to be an option. Indeed. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I I. So anyway, clone army. <laughs> Yeah, I just why are half the humans the? I guess it's actually it could be a commentary on other video games, whatever the fuck those are, oh, where yeah. all the aliens look identical and then the humans are the only ones that have have any variety. It could be a commentary on that by making all the humans horrifying potato men. <laughs> <laughs> what we're saying is that um. Humans are the real monsters, and that's that's a moral of that, a story. Li- having lived on planet Earth, I think that that is an accurate statement that this game is making. You know, yeah, space worth it. It's a it's a shame that they uh they kind of went back on the whole um potato man thing just to get more people to buy the game. It's it's really yeah it's, yeah it's an unfortunate they sacrifice their artistic integrity yeah of bolding potato men, um, to to try and you know br- broaden the market. They even killed off like your only um, bolding potato man crew member. It was they did, um, didn't they? Yeah, the uh, the engineer guy. <clears throat> they killed him at the start of the second one. Which just completely ruined the. It, it was. It was very. It, there was. A, there was a certain element of uh, dissonance there. I think. And then when yeah. when you go when you do that DLC they release where you just walk around a craft ship for an hour picking up dog tags and nothing happens. Um, when you go to the bit where he stood, you see a little picture of him appear and he he salutes. I did a salute in real life, Laura, so that you know that that happened because you couldn't see it obviously. Oh. That that's fine. I I I I am saluting into my heart right now. Okay, good. I uh, I could salute in person if you like, but again, you wouldn't really see no, it. No, I so want much. you to do it. By all means, do it. Yeah. Okay, okay. I am doing it now. Can you hear me hitting my head with how hard this salute is? No, but I, I appreciate it. I no. could hear subtle subtle notes of of head hit. Subtle thwacking. That that was me hitting myself in the head doing a salute, but. <laughs> Apparently that does not translate to podcast audio, so I feel I feel that fine. the audience will be immersed enough in the experience that they will it's feel like that usually audio do. VR. Yeah, I got halfway through a sentence and forgot. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I think. Uh, yeah. Um. Oh, yes. Yeah. He salutes at you in like spectral form while you're having memories about him, and he still looks like a potato man. They didn't update his model, so he still looks like a Mass Effect One model, and I find that very funny. Yeah, well, why would you make a new Potato Man character model? Because that's what he looked like when he was alive. Yeah. He didn't change yeah. and look different now he's dead. Well, he why, probably did change and why, look different yeah. now he's dead, but you don't want to see that. 
why fix what what isn't broken? Maybe they'll resurrect him. For Maybe. Maybe the main character of 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 Mass Effect and and Dreamy Day is um is a is potato man, balding potato man, and he looks like Mass Effect One character graphics. There we go. In... We just don't know because it's he's the wearing first armor. game of a new series. That's yeah. it, it's the first game of a new series, so they got to go back to Potato Man. Yeah. yeah, everything else looks fine, and then whenever you take your helmet off, you've just got Mass Effect One graphics face. And there's no option to change your character at all because you have to be a balding potato man. I think that'd be a very bold move for the franchise, but I think it would be a, a very welcomed one. Bold, <laughs> very bold move. move. Oh, oh. Um, that was a joke. Yeah. So we're talking a lot about balding potato men, balding potato humans, if you will. Um, there are other races in the game, and um, a specific collection of these other races that include a human. Um, are the um, the Tiri and the Salarian and the human um, talking about um, the the Asari strip dancer that they're watching on the table? Mm, remember that one, yeah. Laura? Yeah, yeah. I, I I remember that one. That was in Ilium in the second game, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, where, where else was there space lap hmm, dances? Like everywhere. That entire series oh, well, is hmm. full of space lap dances. Well, yeah, but shh, shh, shh. <laughs> mm. yeah. So I have a theory that um, much like the um, the balding potato men were potentially a foreshadowing of the debate on whether or not Mister Mass Effect was was a clone of himself, I think themselves, themselves. Sorry, I think that um, the Turian, the Salarian, and the human. Um, each represent um, a foreshadowing of the three choices given to you at the end of the Mass Effect franchise. Uh, which ones are I... which? Well, Elodie, I think that the human, being the real monster, represents <laughs> the red ending of destruction. I think that the Turian, being a race of order, represents the blue ending of control. And I think the Salarian, from a race of very technologically advanced beings, represents the synthesis ending of combining organic and technological matter. Is the Asari the turn around and shoot the kid in the face ending? Yes. What are your thoughts on this, Laura? Um, I I want to know what ending you would get to the game if you had a lap dance from all three of those at once. Like, if you have lap dances from all of them at once, are you somehow having all of the endings? What kind of ending would that look like? I, mean, I think it would be an interesting I think ending. If that would be an ending, I think it would be that um, you control the Reapers um, to combine organic flesh with technology and then destroy themselves. But only half of themselves. But you also... Only half of themselves, and you also shoot the kid in the face. I like that ending, and I like the fact that getting that ending also involves getting lap dances from everyone. Oh, of course. It's, so, it, I, I think yeah. that it's actually a, um, an, a yet-to-be-discovered secret ending that you must um, enter an elaborate five-hour-long code... Um, into your into your controller or a keyboard um, in order to get those three people to give you a lap dance and then you unlock that ending. 
because usually they're so just I'm... chatting about lap dances and yeah. getting married yeah. and shit. So I I have I have heard rumors of how you unlock this at least on the PC version. Oh yes. Uh, you have to very quickly type the word boobs over and over and over and over for about five hours. And if you even like pause for a second, that's it. I know, it's you have to just never stop. You can't hit an incorrect key, you've just got to correctly go B O O B S B O O B S B O O B S B O O B S. I heard it was um eight zero zero eight five. Uh well see you Oh that's that's for the um the eight bit variant of the of of the yeah. The entire game changes its graphical format and uh, becomes a, a SNES game. Yeah. But that but ending it plays pops out. A, it pops a SNES cartridge out and you've got to put it in your SNES to see the ending. Exactly, yeah. And it's so, actually it's a completely yeah. non-divisive ending. That's the Indeed, thing. Indeed, yeah. It, it, it combines all of what people might have chosen. And I, I think um, I think our listeners should go out in, into the, the wild, bloody Obeyne world. And and try this out and and get back to us on on their progress and how they're doing and if if they did in fact unlock the ending. Yeah, because I think the other part of it is that after you've um, got them to start lap dancing. Oh yeah. You have to break the time loop. Because otherwise oh, yes. they just yeah. loop back. They just loop back to the start of their eternal conversation. Because they're constantly having that same conversation over and over every time you walk past them. I think that they are stuck in a stable time loop that will last from the end of this universe into the beginning of the next, and they will be revered as gods. Oh my god. I I now have such a deeper appreciation for the Mass Effect. Yeah. Both Mr. Mrs. and Mick's Mass Effect. This is going to be the um, story of the next game. It's uh, Potato Man... From the new universe, because it's not actually Andromeda, that was a fake out. It's yeah, all, all of the material we've seen is just to, to, to put, like, to leak. It's a red herring, effectively. Yeah. It's a new universe where everyone reveres this um, cosmic entity of some people being vaguely sexist. And um, the potato men are there, and I don't have any more ideas on it. <laughs> I don't think you need any more ideas. I think that is the game. Yep. Yes. An absolutely brilliant concept. And l- there's no fighting or anything. You're just there. There's just a potato man and mm. those people just talk over and over. And the only way to finish it is to do the code thing again. Yep, you you experience that and that is your video game. Oh, it's, sorry, your bloody blame. Your bloody yes. blame, yeah. Um, I understand that. I didn't know what a video game was. Yeah, I know video a, game, however. I know. I'm, I'm sorry I accidentally used that term that fake gamers use when they're, you know, talking about them. Everyone knows it's that a right. true gamer calls it a bloody no. blame. It's okay. We'll let it slide. Um, so, bringing it back to the, the initial, the original franchise. Um, so, of course, um, we, we go through the game playing um, mixed to Mass Effect. Um, mm. But... It's quite clear that uh, they aren't the real protagonist, and I think oh, we have. No, that... mm, I think we have two contenders, two big contenders for who who could be the true protagonist of of the Mass Effect series, and I think those two options. Are... Oh no! Wait! Don't tell her. She's got a guess. I, I... 
Okay. Yes, I, 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 I know who one of them is because I don't think there's two options. I think there's only one. I think That's... the hero of the Mass Effect universe is Blasto. Now, got... now see here. Right. You're forgetting someone. Who am I forgetting? The god of all of us. The biotic god. Oh, there is the biotic god. Okay, wh which of us is going to ar argue first? Because I think there's going to be a big debate to be had here. Do you want to talk about the biotic god, or shall I talk about Blasto? Seeing as I am the, the neutral party in this, I will mediate the debate between yourself, Laura, and Elodie. Um, so um, I will say that um, I'll flip this two pence coin. Um, no, you use a 1p. Okay, I'll use a 1p coin. I, I feel like I'm at a distinct disadvantage here because I can't see the coin that's being flipped, but my opponent can. That's okay. Yeah. I'm, the uh, no, I'm, I, the I'm the neutral... It's all right. Um, my eyes are covered. For those of, yeah, um, for, those, for those of uh, you who are listening, um, Elodie's currently covering her eyes. Um, so, um, Laura, you will, be, you will be heads and Elodie will be tails. I dropped the coin... Okay, got it. Heads. So, <laughs> Laura, you may begin your um, your first point of debate for why Blasto is the true um, protagonist of the Mass Effect franchise. Okay, so are we just doing like point by point rather than doing our whole argument and the other person's whole argument? Um, I think point by point. Point by other... point. Point by point. It allows it okay. allows um, counter counter discussion to occur. So go go ahead. Okay, so first off, Blasto. Blasto is the true hero of the Mass Effect because Blasto is so under the radar, so unknown by the Reapers that the universe believes them to be a fictional character. They are believed to only exist as a movie character, and this is what Blasto wants you to believe. Blasto is so deep undercover, it's like, oh crap, I can't get caught by the Reapers. I know, I'll pretend I'm some stupid movie star. That's how you stay undercover. You know, Mr. Mrs. and Mix Mass Effect were out there being all, oh, I'm going to save the galaxy. The Reapers were firing them all, all the time. They could barely get anything done. They, they, they had a really tough time doing anything in the universe. Blasto got shit done because they were believed to be fictional. They were a myth. They were a legend. They were a whisper on the wind. That is reason one why Blasto, the Hanar, is the true hero of the Mass Effect. Okay. Elodie, your points for the boy. He's a real chubby boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's a real chubby boy. That's my first point. Is that your whole first point? Yeah. I think it speaks for itself. I, I, you know, I, I, I can, I can appreciate the, the simplicity in that point. Um, sometimes the simpler points are, are the most important points of all. Laura, your second point for why okay, uh, Blasto my second, is... My the, second yes. point, yeah, my second point is a very simple point, but it is a very impactful point. And this is, I am quoting from Mass Effect here. Blasto has a lover in every port and a gun in every tentacle. That sounds like a hero to me. That those those are very heroic qualities. Um, yeah, I will agree. Um, Elodie, yep. do you have um, another point to make? What's a hero to a god? Biotic god. I don't remember his actual name. He's a literal deity who can hey. do 
god things because he's a biotic god. Counterpoint. I've played I've played Final Fantasy games before. Gods can be killed by heroes. That's a valid. That's actually quite a a valid counterpoint. I will agree. Um, yeah. Ella, do you have any counterpoints to this 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 counterpoint of Laura's? Um, he tries his best. Mm-hmm. That's my counterpoint. Okay. 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 Uh, um, I I got a a point about Blasto. Go ahead, Laura. Uh, Blasto fights to take down space racism. So, there is a little story in Mass Effect 2 about the fact that uh, initially in a script to one of the Blasto movies, uh, someone referred to the Hanar as jellyfish. And Blasto was like, nope, we're not having any of that. That's defamation. That is an ethnic slur. Do not call us jellyfish. I think that anyone who can rally anti-defamation groups to take to take ethnic slurs out of triple a big budget hollywood blockbusters is impressive and is the is is the, is a hero we could use in on earth because we can't seem to get ethnic slurs out of movie we can't seem to get slurs of any kind out of movies but blasto managed it blasto's a hero that's a very that's a very good argument what um ella do you have any you knock it you knock him over and he has a little nap, and it's very cute. And that's why he's the hero, because he, he's the hero of all of our hearts. Blasto mm. is just a pink wobble man, and I know that oh. he... Oh. oh. I. It sounds to me like you're, you're just describing a generic Hannah. It sounds like you're a space racist. Well... It does sound like you're a space racist. I, I'm trying my best, just like my favourite. He was trying his best too. And what you're doing is making me sad, and that means I win the argument, because that's how arguments work. I don't know that that's how it works. I think that pointing out you're a space racist kind of makes me the winner. Well, um... You've both made some very fantastic points. Who do you think wins? I I think the real winner is the friends that we made along the way. Yeah, but we who's made that actually joke the last winner? time. We can't make it who, this time. You have who's, to say who's, who's the, actually won. Yeah. Okay. You have well, to say who's actually okay. won so, and think very carefully about this. Okay, so he's round, he tries his best, he's a god, and he's very cute when he falls asleep. What Laura said loads of words and no one okay. meant anything. Okay, so you, you've summarised uh, your points. Laura, would you like to summarise yours? I think that uh, Blasto was the first Hanar to ever become a Spectre. And I think that's very, very impressive considering the very clear space racism that still exists against the Hanar in that universe. Because, you know, there was a movie script that was going to refer to them as jellyfish. If that's not proof that... That Hannah Blasto had to rise above racism to become the first Hannah Spectre. I don't know what is proof. It's also a very good, uh, very good um, summary. Um, it's a very difficult choice. I will give. I will give you both that. I, I think that um, 
because um, I'm a filthy commie scumbag, I can very much appreciate the um, the, the 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 fight against the big man that that mm. the Blasto put up against those those movie producers trying to get racial slurs in their movies, and whilst I I I do agree that um, that biotic god is adorable and all powerful, I feel that gods have a gods have a certain elevation um of of importance um when in comparison to heroes and i feel that because of that uh, because um following the story of the hero is all about following their struggles and and their um mm. and and their and their and their, 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 their you know their, their their development as characters i feel the biotic god is a god he has achieved all of that he can. He is a deity. There is no struggle to observe there. And for that reason, I do think that... I think there is a struggle. The struggle to get I, up when you've been knocked down. He represents all of us who've been pushed down. I, I, think, you're, I think you're like undermining your own point about him being an all-powerful god. Either he is the everyman who struggles to get back up when he's been knocked down... Or he's the all-powerful god. I didn't I say all-powerful. He a, can be both. He's, he's a deity. He's a god, but he's fallible. He. I, I, I think that it is he has more real nuance to, to his character. Uh, so the, does so does Blasto. I think I'm going to have to go with Blasto on this one. I'm sorry, Elodie. I, if it makes you feel better, Elodie. We can put a certain amount of my victory down to me being the guest, and that probably got me some, like, let's be nice to the guest points, if that makes you feel better about your loss. No, it doesn't. I want to win things. <laughs> I don't like this podcast anymore. Can oh, we that's end fine. it? I'll replace you then. We'll make it the Blasto cast. The Blasto It'll be cast. about Blasto every week, because Blasto's All right, better. I'm staying because I want that to not happen. <laughs> well, I think... I think we've had a very good discussion today. Um, I think we've... <laughs> today, more like to gay. Oh, oh homosexuality. That's oh, hilarious. Oh, oh, yeah. um, oh, you queers. That oh, totally doesn't involve me. Oh, yeah, or me. Definitely not. So no, none of us. We're cough, all cough, gays in space. straight as a arrow. I don't know. What straight, straight as a. A ruler, but one of them flexi rulers that kind of flexes about a bit. Exactly. Oh, that's like kind that. of wobbly. That is a bit wobbly, yeah. That's a little bit wobbly. A little bit wobbly. So, I yeah, I think we've had a very good talk today. Uh, we've covered a lot of the, the most important characters in, 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 in a Mass Effect. Um, so, um, Elodie, where can people find you on the internet? Um, uh, on the internet, yes, you can find me, uh, um, faku.net, looking at all the hot hentai. Oh, oh, yeah. That uh, I hear some of them are naked. Yeah, I know it's great. Uh, you can actually find me at at Kemi Words, C H E M Y Words, on Twitter, where I don't post very often, and my picture, my cover photo, is of some gungans, so you know it's good quality stuff. Um, and you can also find me at Indie Haven sometimes when I actually write things, which is not enough. 
Hooray so, for yeah. people that don't do as much work as they should. <laughs> hashtag relatable. Ha, ha, hashtag relatable. Hashtag I don't do enough work. Speaking of not doing enough work, Laura, where can people find you on the internet? It's laurabatesnails.com, right? Yeah, for all those, snails. All those but... hot tips about getting snails. Yeah, so here's here's a hint. If you if you hit the ground like you know with your hands, it sounds like rain and the snails come. It also helps to getting worms up to the surface. You is trick it... them into thinking there's rain. So the snails come. Is it is it a happy come or a sad come? Oh oh, it's it's it is a wet come because of the rain. Oh oh, um, so a so... soggy come. A soggy comer, in fact, yes. Yeah. Snails are soggy so... comers. So you can in fact find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter, YouTube, Patreon if you want to give me money to chat bollocks on the internet. You know, let's play video games where I keep talking about video games that don't exist and whatnot. 3D printed video games, no less. 3D printed video games. Also, sometimes me and George will make stupid articles where we draw like stuff that is penises but video games because that's a thing that we've done before and we're going to do again. We might as well make 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 a hit franchise out of it. Yeah. Do yeah. we do we want to tease the thing that we're gonna do? I suppose we shall. Um, so, um, do you want to do the teasing or do I do the teasing? I I, I can do some of the. Some I'm of the getting teasings. some real sexual tension here. Well. Well. Mm. So mm. here's here's what we're doing. Here's the tease. Um, we are we are gonna be making a thing. Uh, let me find what the the title was. I suggested to George. The title is what we imagine video game dongs look like. Yeah, it's going to be a wonderful he, collaborative piece. Um, uh, here's, here's a little preview. Tingle, he's got a normal-looking pe- penis, but when he's about to come, he screams Kalu Limpa and then shoots off a cloud of colourful confetti and goes all limp <laughs> That that That's the kind of wonderful things we're going to be drawing. Expect that and more fantastic content with... Um, um, uh, drawings of dicks that have more detail than they should have any other right to be. Um, and you can find me various places on the internet. Um, you can go to Twitter at Jaffa Meister. That's J A F F A M E I S T E R. Um, I also now produce um, regular content every week on JaffaMeister.com, um, where the mo- two most popular pieces at the moment are an Uncharted 4 leak and a top five depictions of communism in video games feature. Um, sorry, in Blidio Blames. Blidio yeah, Blames. Get it sorry, right. Yes, I need to get it right. Yeah, Apologies. Get it right, fake gamer. Um, I've let I've let everyone down. You can also find me on Facebook at uh, George Johnson. If you if you type in facebook.com forward slash Jaffermeister without the E just before the R on the end, because some fucker took Jaffermeister just the full thing. Maybe it was me a couple of years ago and I just forgot the login details of the page. It's fine. You can also occasionally find me on Indie Haven. I've not posted there for a while, but I might have some more content coming up soon. And if oh. you have anything to say to me, say it to my face. Or we, just email me at thejaffermeister at gmail.com. We, we have a Facebook now also. We do have a Facebook now also. It's the Real Heroes Podcast The Real Heroes on Podcast on Facebook. You so can look like it. I also... Look at you guys actually remembering to like use that particular social media platform, which I never remember to do for anything. Ah, it's fine. It's fine. We haven't got a Twitter yet because I forgot to do that. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I I also do another podcast on the internet um, with um, Jed Whitaker and Alyssa McAloon <gasps> from Destructoid. 
um, called the uh, the Game Archivist podcast. That's 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 the one with the porn on it. That's isn't the one it? with the that's the one with the porn on it. Uh, every every, every I, week, I, supposedly though it's not been happening uh, every week, we talk about porn games on the internet. We give our thoughts. Are you even are you even allowed to do that on the internet? Talk about porn. No, oh, not anymore. Know, not anymore in the United Kingdom. Oh! <laughs> it's fine. Yes. Listeners, you can sit on my face in the UK any day. Oh, boy. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening to the Rue Harris podcast. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode this week. I you... just remembered the one thing that I forgot to do last time. What did you forget to do last time? Uh, say that I wrote the theme song. It's mine. It's a really good song, so you it's can called ch- A Gentleman of Science, and you can find it on the Chemical Wordsmith Bandcamp, and you can buy it and give me cash money. Oh shit! Speaking of cash money, you can find me on Patreon at Jaffermeister <laughs> if you want to give me cash so I don't have to keep um, selling my body. We are doing some very roundabout promotion this time. Yeah. Woo. Um. And the last thing is that next week we have Jed on, don't we? Yeah, we have Jed <gasps> Whitaker from the Game Orchestra podcast, that podcast. And other things, such as Destructoid. And other things such as and Destructoid. And like that... those other websites, what he writes for that I can't remember because he writes for a bunch. Yeah. And... Ha, Destructoid. But yeah, so look forward to that. We don't know what the fuck we're playing yet. Uh, to I talk mean, about. it's not but like we play the games beforehand. It's we very just come true. up with Video ideas. Games are trash. Um, <laughs> so yeah, look forward to that next week. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a have a, a, a have a wonderful time. That's, oh, that's the end of so it. So yeah, that, that's that's the Real Heroes podcast. It took about 50 years, but we're at the end now, actually. Yeah.